You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. The very best in chocolate. The very best in gelato. The Italian ice cream you can find there also. The sort of secret weapon of Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North, joined as always on the program by executive producer Joe Gaither, who together we combine to form the 60-minute moon of Sports Talk Radio. Joe Gaither, how are you doing on this hump day, hump day morning? Oh, I'm doing great today, Travis. I'm just uh, looking forward to the weekend, getting over the hump and getting on to the weekend. Getting over the hump, pushing through the midweek. You got the Alabama Crimson Tide returning to the practice field later this afternoon, working toward a scrimmage on Saturday. So you look forward to that if you're an Alabama fan. You've got sort of a changing, ever-changing landscape on the college football front. You're seeing some games now. Reports this morning from Brett McMurphy of Stadium.com. Also Pete Thamel of yahoo.com that an ACC opener for set for September the 12th already being moved to the official starting date really of the college football season at least when the varsity league's going to crank it up right September the 26th so now you're going to have NC State which had recently paused its workouts due to a semi outbreak of COVID-19 cases there on the roster and in the program for the Wolfpack NC State now will visit Virginia Tech on September the 26th. So a couple of different ways you can look at that. My question all along is why didn't you just start on the 26th or shoot for the 26th for starting date? I guess put September the 12th out there and maybe hope that everything goes well and you're able to play on September the 12th, which in turn would have provided you with flexibility moving throughout the season. Of course, now with the ACC, You wanted to be that 10 plus one. You wanted that extra game. You wanted to be the 11 game power five conference of the three that are attempting to play football. So you got to fit in that extra game or try to at least. I guess based on the non-conference opponents that the ACC ended up with, you could do away with, you know, the non-conference game if you needed to as well and just play the 10 conference games and be able to get it in. So a lot of things going on in college football, a lot of things right here close to home, a lot of things on the national landscape. We'll get to a lot of it as we move throughout the program today, 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. If you'd like to check in with us, we would love to hear from you. It is Joe Gaither. You know what today is? I believe I was just, well, I tell you. go ahead, scrounge in your Twitter and I think I know, but go ahead. It was definitely not a Will Wade Wednesday, it doesn't seem like, does it? With the reporting that we're seeing coming out of Baton Rouge here in the last 12 hours or so. Uh, Sounds like the man's coming for Will Wade and LSU basketball at this point. Uh, Apparently, according to the Baton Rouge advertiser and also Mark Slayball, 
of ESPN.com. No fewer than 11 incidents, 11 cases of Will Wade involved in improper benefits involving prospective student athletes. Not just not just talking about guys really that LSU was able to convince to come to Baton Rouge. We're talking about additional cases of Will Wade and some potential wrongdoing. So it uh, doesn't sound good for Will. Of course, you kind of figured this, right? When LSU renegotiated Will Wade's contract so it could essentially fire him with cause and sort of this anticipation of what's actually coming to fruition now, I, I kind of told you. It's weird, man. Bizarre. Your employer saying, look, we honestly think you've done some really bad stuff. You've committed some level one violations, but we're going to keep you around because we don't really have the smoking gun as of yet. The NC2A doesn't have the smoking gun as of yet. Doesn't have its case totally together. Now, of course, the federal government kind of got this whole thing going, if you recall. And the federal government really didn't have any stake at the end of the sizzle. But it still had enough to get the uh, NCAA bird dogs activated. And so this is where this all comes from. And it looks to be coming to perhaps a conclusion for the Will Wade era there at LSU. So no, Joe, it's not a Will Wade Wednesday, but I think you were about to say it. It is National Dog Day. It is. Absolutely. Joe Gaither, do you are you the proud papa of some uh of some pups i am the proud papa of one puppy uh she is right about 10 years old oh there you go there you go we've got a 12 year old by the name of foo he is a 12 pound pomeranian and he got his name foo because well i guess 12 years ago or so we saw the foo fighters over at legacy arena on a cold winter's night Folks probably remember that show. Heck of a show, man. I mean, Dave Grohl, anytime he does anything, it's going to be all out. But it was the winter show over at the Legacy Arena with the Foo Fighters. Even had some snow in play, as I recall, that night, making the trip over to the ham. And the next day, we took receipt of a puppy Pomeranian. And of course, we had to name him Foo, right? So that's what we did. Foo's been dealing with this uh, esophageal issue that apparently isn't all that uncommon to smaller dogs, especially Pomeranians. So, Joe, I've whipped up my late Walker County grandmother's cough remedy for him. He's been coughing. He has this honking cough going, you know, that we have a tough time quelling. But uh, I channeled the late Walker County grandmother, and I came up with that concoction of her old cough remedy, and I'll reveal some of the ingredients right here. Honey, okay, you got to have some honey as a base first and foremost. This is actually some jalapeno-infused honey. Uh, and then you got to put in a little old number seven, a little bit of whiskey, just a, just a touch of whiskey, uh, and then maybe a little cayenne, you know, a little cayenne in there to open you up. And so uh, I administered that to foo. This morning, he sounds pretty good. Cough seems to be gone for the time being. That or he's just, I don't know, maybe he blacked out. 205-342-9904. That is the Peter. Sounds like a lucky dog. What's that? It sounds like a lucky dog. It's five o'clock somewhere, all right? That's all that matters. Somewhere in Europe, it's five o'clock. Right now, as a matter of fact, I think it's straight up five o'clock in like London. So it's, it's, you know, it's still, it's okay. You know, Foo's off and running this morning. So what we're going to do on National Dog Day, we'll take your dogs and sports of note. Can be, well, could be mascots involving bulldogs. Could be former bulldog players. You got Mississippi State Bulldogs. You got Georgia Bulldogs, right? Not all that hard to find bulldogs in sports. You've got athletes that were referred as dogs, right? Bulldogs. Remember Oral Hershiser, pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers primarily? They always called Oral Hershiser Bulldog. And if you just looked at the guy and just looked at his name, how many dudes named Oral have a nickname of Bulldog? Not many that I know. One, in fact, Oral Hershiser. I don't know many people named Oral to begin with. 
But that was Oral Hershiser. Because back in the day, you got into the late 80s, right around the early 90s, uh, Earl Hershiser would get that baseball for the Dodgers, and he'd do some work in the postseason. So we're taking your dogs today. Something else I want to get into as we move throughout the program as well. I threw this out on the Twitter, on the personal account earlier today, at Travis Reier, T-R-A-V-I-S-R-E-I-E-R on the Twitter. Um, the dynamic of visiting fans trying to attend games on the road for the upcoming season. Knowing what we know right now, just in terms of limited capacities, right? We talked about this with Brent Beard yesterday. And 25% pretty much seems to be the overriding number that we're hearing in stadiums, especially in the Southeastern Conference. So I threw it out there on Twitter and asked the question, will you still attempt to make road trips, at least some road trips during the upcoming season. And I got a pretty wide variety of responses to that. We'll get into some of those as we move throughout the show. We've got Tory Pryor on Twitter, at Tory Pryor. He says he's he's planning on going to Missouri as an Alabama fan. He says he's headed to Columbia for the season opener. Says he's also going to go to Arkansas. I see what you're doing there, Tory. You're figuring demand, right? And even if it is the debut of Eli Drinkwitz as the new head coach of the Missouri Tigers, you're thinking the ticket man won't be as harsh with those prices for Missouri. And then by the time you get to Arkansas, who knows what the weather's going to be like first and foremost. And at that point, it's very realistic to think Arkansas is going to go into that season finale at 0-9, right? Could very well happen for this Arkansas team. I don't think Felipe Franks and Rakeem Boyd are going to be enough to keep Sam Pittman from having, record-wise anyway, an abysmal season. Arkansas hasn't won a conference game, right, since, is it 2017? The last time Arkansas won a conference game? They went over with Chad Morris these last two seasons, I believe. So, for Sam Pittman, there's nowhere to go but up. And with all the buyout money Arkansas has out there, it was still battling Brett Bielema legally for what he says he still owed, which I think is somewhere in the neighborhood of $7 million. You just dumped Chad Morris after a two and out, writing him some checks. So financially, when you consider what we're dealing with in the midst of a pandemic to start with and what Arkansas already has out there, house money for Sam Pittman for, you would think, at least a couple of years. It's not like they're writing a big check to Sam Pittman, an offensive line coach, at his core to begin with. So I see what you're doing, Tory. Yeah, that's sensible. Missouri and Arkansas. So we'll talk about some of those scenarios. It's a tough one for Alabama fans this year when you look at the road schedule as far as the games that you really circle, you know, on an annual basis when it comes to the road. You like going to Knoxville. Most folks do. You like making that drive as laborious as it might be on 59 between Birmingham and Chattanooga. You almost have to wear a mouthpiece on that stretch of road. It's so bumpy when you travel through there. Yeah, you kind of have to wear like an old Richard Petty racing helmet and a mouthpiece on 59 from Birmingham to the Tennessee state line. And then you get to Chattanooga. And if you don't time that thing out, boy, you talk about a jam getting through Chattanooga on a Friday afternoon. Plus, you got Sugar's Ribs sitting up there on the hillside trying to lure you in with the actual live goats that you can check out. Pretty good ribs at Sugar's there in, uh, there in Chattanooga. So you won't have you know as much access to the UT road trip this time around, and really Baton Rouge, because the Alabama fans that really know how to do it, they go to New Orleans on either Thursday evening or Friday morning, and they get a full day and evening in the Crescent City before they go over to Baton Rouge on Saturday for the game. And who knows? Who knows what's going to be accessible, even in November, when it comes to that New Orleans-Baton Rouge double dip. So we'll get into some of that as we move throughout the program. we got some baseball we can talk. 
Braves and Yankees with a doubleheader set to get underway this afternoon. Over in the ATL, you had that Tuesday night game, last night's game postponed due to weather. So you're going to have a pretty good pitching matchup in each of those seven-inning games later today. You're going to have the much-anticipated debut of Ian Anderson for the Atlanta Braves. Ian's going into the deep end of the pool and making his uh, first start at the major league level. He just gets Garrett Cole going for the New York Yankees. That's a 3-10 first pitch central time this afternoon. Then game two tonight, pretty good matchup as well. Max Free, 4-0 for the Atlanta Braves. And Masahiro Tanaka for the Yankees in that second game. Aaron Judge back in the lineup for the Bombers, by the way. How about that, Ian Anderson? You get your debut, and here comes Aaron Judge back from that right calf strain. Ronald Acuna and Nick Marcakis back for the Braves. So that's some good news. Ozzie Albee seems to be trending in a good direction from his injury. Again, seven inning games today in that doubleheader. And the Yankees enter a stretch now where they're scheduled to play three doubleheaders in the next five days. Braves twice today, and then the Mets in Gotham on Friday and Sunday. Braves, by the way, still a half game up on the Miami Marlins. In the NL East, a lot of 500 baseball teams in that division. Four of the five teams in the NL East in their last 10 games, five and five over that stretch. Going to step aside for a first break and we come back. More of Southern Fried Sports on a Wednesday, 205-342-9904. Wide open phone lines throughout the program today. Back with more of the show right after this. Sky partially sunny this afternoon. Just a few widely scattered showers around through the evening hours. The high today, 91. Tonight's low, 74. Tomorrow, mostly sunny during the morning. A few spots could see a passing afternoon thunderstorm. The high at 93. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. You know, we had so many rock and roll birthdays yesterday to get to on the program. What did we have? Gene Simmons, Rob Halford, frontman for Iron, uh, excuse me, Judas Priest. That's Bruce Dickinson, of course, for Iron Maiden. Uh, that we didn't get to, uh, we didn't get to Jeff Tweedy yesterday. It's Jeff Tweedy right there, celebrated his 53rd birthday yesterday as well. Jeff Tweedy, of course, known primarily for his work with Wilco and right there uncle tupelo love some good old back in the day uncle tupelo hard to beat it travis ryer senior analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you here on southern fried sports again 205-342-9904 we're taking your dogs in sports history on national dog day and we're also getting your feedback on the potential for making road trips in a year in which there is certainly going to be, at best, limited capacity. I'm still interested from a local perspective, especially in the wake of this two-week bar ban that has gone into effect here in Tuscaloosa. What are home game weekends going to look like in Tuscaloosa? Yes, we know UA has announced that there will not be any tailgating allowed on campus property, but... Still got to think there's going to be some folks coming into town, not just even folks who are among those who will have access to tickets. How do you juggle that? It's kind of that good news, bad news situation that we just encountered with all the students coming back into town, right? It was 
a great thing that you were going to, from an economical standpoint, have an influx of about twenty or 30,000 folks coming into town. But the, the downside was the realistic outlook of managing that type of influx in the midst of a pandemic. I kind of know how that played out here in the last week or so. Something else, speaking of uh, COVID-19 that I want to get into today on the program, some players on this Alabama team that we're probably not talking about enough at this point who could prove to be very important in the upcoming months. Not so much even just because of COVID. And look, you have to consider that, right? I mean, whereas Alabama football isn't disclosing officially cases in which players on the roster or opt-outs or things like that are taking place or have taken place even since the start of preseason practices, I think we understand. I know we do at BamaOnline.com. Alabama football hasn't been immune from the infectious touch, I guess you could say, of COVID-19. No specifics have been made available by UA, but just look at, say, like what you've heard from Lincoln Riley here in the last couple of days. Lincoln Riley, on record, as saying that there is a particular unit on his football team that has been essentially wiped out. And it's a unit in which you have to field multiple players to fill out. Now, look, you could be talking about the offensive line. You could be talking about the defensive line. You could be talking about linebacker. So, you know, you could go a number of directions. I mean, other than quarterback and maybe running back, you know, you're going to play more than one. At, at the different spots on the football field. Uh, but you heard that from OU. Um, you know, we just talked about earlier in the program, NC State having to pause workouts and essentially shift back its season opener against Virginia Tech to September the 26th now. And so Alabama's not immune to this. You know, Alabama's done a heck of a job, like a lot of places have, of creating this vacuum, this sort of, bubble or umbrella environment, not only around the football program, but the athletic department in general. Um, but it, it's it's almost impossible to just totally avoid the impact of this thing. And so even for the Crimson Tide, and this is where depth obviously is going to be critical, it always is. As I've said many times before, even in a year in which you're not dealing with with something like COVID-19. Typically, when you get to mid-October, you find out who the real contenders are as much because you get through those first five or six games and it becomes sort of a last-man-standing situation. You know, the toll that a run of five or six games or a half of a regular season takes on most teams. You know, the elite programs, they're able to sustain that, and that's when... They do even bigger damage to the programs that aren't built that way over the second half of the season. That's typically when separation takes place. Once you get to that third or fourth Saturday in October, you pretty much know, once again, who the primary players are going to be when championship time rolls around in mid-November or so. So from the Alabama perspective, and you start considering some potential issues that you could run into that's where at the quarterback spot not just at Alabama but other places you know how you're navigating camp how you're distributing reps maybe with a mindset or an approach that we could have a week where we have two of our three scholarship guys down you know and so how how you go about repping you know Mac Jones obviously at the top of that list right now but when you start getting into Bryce Young and maybe even more recently, Paul Tyson, um, you know, these are things you have to consider. You have to consider a guy like Paul Tyson as a realistic potential option at some point in the season. Uh, there's some other positions where you're talking more about guys you've seen and then a gap between those folks and some expected contributions from some newcomers. I think of safety for Alabama when I think of that. And so you don't think about a guy like Daniel Wright 
that's going into his fourth year in the program, kind of like a Jared Maiden, bided his time, been through a couple of rough spots, had shoulder surgery a couple seasons ago, looks to be in outstanding shape. Daniel Wright could be a bigger factor than maybe a lot of folks are thinking. Daniel Wright could end up being a starter regardless. Uh, But with all the inexperience you have at the safety position, even with factoring Jordan Battle in that mix, the likelihood is, early in the season at least, Daniel Wright's going to need to be a big part of that picture at safety. Outside linebackers, pretty similar. You know know that you've got some program vets in Ben Davis and Chris Allen. You know that you have potentially the best – group of outside linebackers by a good margin that Nick Saban has brought into Tuscaloosa in a single class with Will Anderson and Drew Sanders. Did you see the tweet from Marquise Mays, the former Alabama wide receiver yesterday, speaking of Will Anderson? Marquise must have seen enough to think that Will Anderson's ready to go because Mays, according to his tweet, Will Anderson's a three and out. That's what Mays had to say yesterday. So that heightens the expectations for Will Anderson, Drew Sanders, Q Robinson, Chris Braswell, just a stellar group of newcomers. But you've got a second-year player in the middle of all that in King Wakuda. That could be a very big part of things for the upcoming season. You look over on the offensive side of the ball, other than quarterback, Look up front, because we talk so much about a group that brings back four starters, and absolutely, that's a tremendous luxury to have, especially when you consider the possibility of three of those five starters being redshirt seniors right in the middle of your offensive line, potentially. That's before you talk about Alex Leatherwood as a fourth-year guy at left tackle. Evan Neal, probably a player beyond his years, even as a sophomore, but You've seen some shuffling. You've heard about some shuffling with that Alabama offensive line in recent days, for whatever reason. You've seen different guys at center, Emil Echior, to go along with Chris Owens. You've seen some of Landon Dickerson, heard some of Landon Dickerson still working at center. That shouldn't be a surprise. Because those interior guys, they're virtually all cross trainers between center and guard. But you saw Landon Dickerson make double-digit starts at that position a year ago. So there are possibilities for other guys, for whatever reason, to find themselves in the mix. And I think Pierce Quick's one of those guys. Um, You know, I would probably start with Emil Echior because what we've seen and heard so far is that he's sort of been that next guy up at guard and center. But I think a guy even beyond that you could look at is Pierce Quick. What about at wide receiver? So much of the focus, and understandably so, on Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. Absolutely, you get that. But you're going to need another couple of guys to go along there. Javon Baker, true freshman, a lot of buzz about that young player. That trio of freshman wide receivers in general has a chance to be really, really something else. Is it going to be what that trio from 2017 was? I don't know if we'll ever see that again but pretty damn good in its own right when you talk about this 2020 group. But there's a guy like Slade Bolden that could absolutely impact things beyond Smith and Waddle this year. A lot of that has to do with the fact that you need to throw a guy in in any type of situation. You can feel comfortable with Slade Bolden being able to handle any of the three primary spots. And I've talked about this before, both here and on BamaOnline.com. If you wonder how much that coaching staff trusts Slade Bolden, just look at last season. Putting him in some wildcat situations. And I'm not talking about against the non-con by game opponents like New Mexico State. I mean, we're talking about Tennessee. We're talking about Auburn, South Carolina. I mean, those are just some of the games that come to mind. I think LSU maybe too. That's a lot of trust in a dude to bring him off the bench when you've got a quarterback like Tua Tonga-Vailoa, you've got a running back like Najee Harris if you just want to direct snap the football, Mark Ingram in 2009 style. So that speaks to that, again, that reliability 
that that coaching staff obviously believes it has in Slade Bolton and a, and a good athlete, a guy who can make some plays. Really good special teams player as well. So there you go. Maybe some guys we haven't talked about enough. Back with more of Southern Fried Sports on a Wednesday, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier, right here on Tide 100.9 FM, right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Joe Gaither, give me an update on that Orca Cooler giveaway that we're doing. We've given you ample time, but isn't today the last day to get entered for that giveaway, Joe Gaither? Yeah, today is the final day. We're counting down the hours and minutes, actually, because as soon as I finish producing, I'm going to go downstairs to my digital managing editor, Savannah Bullard, has all the entries listed on a computer, and we're going to go to random number generator and pick one out. So you're running out of time right now. What, what, do, what do our listeners need to do if they haven't? I mean, they should have already done it, absolutely, but if you haven't, and you're kind of like me, procrastinator guy or gal, what can you do right now to get into this contest before it it, it, it runs out? Well, it's extremely simple, Travis. All you got to do is download the Tide 109 app, and you screenshot it on your phone or on your device if you're on an iPad or uh, some sort of a tablet. You just screenshot it and send us a message on the Tide Facebook or the Tide Twitter or just find me on 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 uh, on Twitter and or maybe or any of our other hosts and they'll send it along and you'll be right in you'll be entered. Be right be ready to go. There you go. Absolutely. Go ahead and do that if you haven't already. That's an outstanding giveaway today presented to you by Tide 100.9 FM. 205-342-9904 the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line if you'd like to jump on board with us. We're talking dogs. Man, we need that clip of the old Coastal Carolina coach. Remember that from a few years back when he went on the rant about the Chanticleers? What a great nickname, by the way, of Coastal Carolina. Not having enough dogs. We got to have more dogs. We're talking dogs today because it is National Dog Day. We're taking your notable dogs in sports history. I don't know if there is a more notable dog at least in college football history, I got to think for sure, than Hushel Walker, Wrightsville, Georgia, Daddy. How about that? Your recruiting coach for Herschel Walker back around 1979 for the Georgia Bulldogs, Mike Cavan, who I played for at Valdosta State University. Mike Cavan went on to be the head coach um, at VSU, the Blazers of Valdosta State. And so, uh, yeah, Herschel Walker, when you talk about dogs, that might be where you have to start the list. Dak Prescott, pretty big dog over at Mississippi State. You know, my, probably my favorite Mississippi State Bulldog, and again, this all goes back to formative years. My favorite Mississippi State Bulldog, probably uh, John Bond. Now, a lot of Alabama fans don't like to hear that because you had the game in 80 over in Jackson, broke the Alabama win streak there. 
uh, with John Bond at quarterback. But, man, such a wishbone fanatic, triple option fanatic from the early formative football years. And watching John Bond run Emory Ballard's wishbone over there at Mississippi State back when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. And, of course, you had Alabama doing it, too. So I was all wishboned up. Played in, actually, a triple option offense in Pop Warner football, which is unheard of, I know. But it was all about the bone back in the late 70s. And uh, so there you go, a couple dogs. And by the way, I believe we have that audio now. We need some dogs, Joe Gaither. Trying to get our two boys ready to carry them to golf tournament for practice, right? 12 cats live across the road. Our door's open. Screen's broke. We need to get a new screen door. But the screen's broke, so you can come in through the screen, but you can't get back out of it. I turn and look. There's a little kitty cat in our, in our kitchen. So I said, what are you doing in here, little kitty cat? By that time, eh, the cat turns, tries to get back out. That screen won't go that way. Cat starts going all crazy. And I told our players, we need more dogs. Bo's barking in the back. I have to go shut Bo up. Mel's like, what's going on? I said, there's a cat in the house. Cat in the house? I said, yeah, there's a cat in the house. So I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. The cat's still going crazy in there. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. And uh, I don't think David Bennett ever quite had enough dogs there at Coastal Carolina in the greater Myrtle Beach area. Uh, That was from nine years ago. David Bennett, then the head coach (laughs) at Coastal Carolina on National Dog Day. Absolutely, we had to roll that one out there uh, today. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. You know... Something I wanted to get into with uh, Brent Beard yesterday, and we just didn't quite get there, was this was this uh, year of eligibility that uh, fall sports athletes are going to retain for the future and kind of how that's going to impact quarterback situations around college football, right? Because it's tough enough these days to keep two quality guys on scholarship. You know, with the grad transfer route, with just transferring in general, and then looking ahead to the very real likelihood that we're going to have the one-time rule go into effect, where regardless, you're not going to have to sit out. I think it's the right thing to do with the uncertainty that we're dealing with right now. I'm on record. I would like the winter sports kids to be treated with the same type of uh, compassion from the NC2A. That's not going to happen. Unless I digress, uh, but I, I think it's a good thing. I think it's great. But how that's going to impact class statuses on football teams in general, but with an emphasis on the quarterback position. And when you look at Alabama now, you're really looking at a setup that is a lot like, even more now than it was already, a lot like what you had with Jalen Hurts into a Tonga by Aloha in 2017. You had Jalen Hurts as a sophomore. Now, he was a true sophomore. But you know, he still had two more years of eligibility. And you had the freshman into a Tonga by Aloha. And with this ruling, with this decision in regards to eligibility for 2020 and the, the fall student-athletes that are involved with that, Kind of makes it the same deal with Mac Jones now. Mac Jones is a redshirt junior, but if he's able to maintain this year of eligibility, he's essentially a sophomore now. And uh, you got Bryce Young in sort of the tour role. And the ability to keep everybody together, because here's the thing with Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones at some point can be on an NFL roster. I don't look at Mac Jones myself and say, oh, yeah, that's a future NFL starter. You know, I look at Mac Jones more along the lines of a Brandon Allen and Austin Allen. I've said that before. I've made that comparison to the Allen brothers with Mac Jones. You know, and I think a lot of people hear that and they think that's somewhat dismissive of Mac. Go look at the numbers again. I've given them to you in the past 
when it comes to Brandon and Austin Allen at Arkansas, you'd be fine with those numbers for the most part for Mac Jones. But I think that's the sort of trajectory that you're looking at with Mac Jones when you talk about the viability of moving on to a pro career. So in other words, you know, if Mac ends up being the starter this year and plays well and goes into 2021 as, you know, the projected starter, you know, it could get interesting from an eligibility standpoint. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And I'm not saying coaches will come out publicly and say, man, this is this is not good for us. But I think it is somewhat problematic that you're kind of laying out your roster. You're envisioning a scenario, especially at quarterback, where you've got a junior in Mac Jones for two more years and you've got a freshman in Bryce Young for at least three more years. And so based on those timelines – you're going to be able to sort of maintain the prospects for that younger quarterback, especially that his time is coming one way or the other, whether it's now, whether it's next year, whether it's two years from now, his time is going to be there. And that may still very well be the case with Bryce Young. I think everyone agrees. This guy is so talented, similar to Tua, that it's going to be very difficult to keep him off the field. Uh, But just from an administrative standpoint, kind of the kink it can throw into some of the plans that maybe fans have more so than even coaches. But uh, it's another aspect to consider with this situation. We're going to head to another break. When we come back, more of Southern Fried Sports on a Wednesday. The show brought to you in part by Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning, Yashika Barnes, a great friend of the Ryer family. Give her a call at 205-886-3616. Yashika Barnes, CEO and driving force behind Chase's residential and commercial cleaning. 20 years of quality cleaning service. That's what you're getting with Chase's residential and commercial cleaning. 205-886-3616. Back with more Southern Fried Sports on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Sky partially sunny this afternoon. Just a few widely scattered showers around through the evening hours. The high today, 91. Tonight's low, 74. Tomorrow, mostly sunny during the morning. A few spots could see a passing afternoon thunderstorm. The high at 93. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you in part by Houston Hydrasteam. We keep it clean around here on Southern Fried Sports. Can you tell? Well, Houston Hydrasteam is a big part of that equation. Carpet, rugs, upholstery, tile and grout cleaning, wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling. Houston Hydrasteam, locally owned, locally operated. Jackie and his staff are as good at what they do as anyone in the business. Better at what they do than anyone else in the business. Houston Hydrasteam, home of the Houston Rug Revival. Trust me, that is a very, very real thing. 205-553-9460. That's the number to call to get Houston Hydrasteam working for you. Houston Hydrasteam, quality work you can stand on. We've been talking about the viability of trying to make some road trips in college football for the upcoming season. We threw that out there on the personal Twitter account earlier today. Um, And we've gotten some responses. It's been sort of mixed. Danny Sanders on Twitter says no, simply. 
He will not be looking to make any road trips. Uh, Eric Gibson at Dr. Gibb underscore Gibson on Twitter says, I think ticket prices are going to keep me away from even seeing what the circumstances are and weighing options. I got to check StubHub and see if they're even trying to, uh, you know, offer anything at this point without knowing kind of how the the distribution is going to work within fan bases. Uh, Taylor Mooney on Twitter says, unfortunately, just not really worth what you're going to have to pay. I'm not even going to go to home games. So you're going to have some opt-outs too. You're going to have some opt-outs from the home game perspective. You know, my nephew, Austin, University of Florida graduate, big Gata, lifelong fighting Gata fan. I was asking him about the situation from that fan base and the viewpoint from UF and he had planned to make trips to Ole Miss and Tennessee this year and now he has decided against that well in large part because the tickets he had already purchased for the Ole Miss road game and the Tennessee road game with the Florida fan base they were refunded but sort of like Taylor Mooney just said even in terms of home game tickets, and this is where people like Austin and when you look at Tide Pride here in Tuscaloosa at UA and how that's going to work, Austin said that based on the reduced capacity at uh, the Swamp there, Florida Field, that the priority for tickets with UF was going to be by booster points, like bowl games, college football playoff games. That's the way UF is doing it. And Austin doesn't exactly have a high level of booster points at this point as a 25-year-old. So he's just thinking if he's going to go to any even home games with UF this year, he's going to go through the secondary market and try to make that work. And his choice was to take his season ticket money for this season and just roll it over to 2021 which he thinks a lot of the Gator fans are doing that. And that is attractive to some of those folks because UF with, with Alabama not coming on this additional uh, two games for the upcoming season, like a lot of people thought it might, you know, if you're a Florida fan and you look ahead to 2021, you're looking at Alabama, Florida state and Tennessee as home games. So that kind of helps you make that decision that, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and roll all the cash into 2021. And I guess if you're a Florida fan, though, you're hoping that that Florida State game is going to be in Gainesville because I believe the game this year was supposed to be in Tallahassee, which is not going to happen now. And so uh be interesting to see if Florida State is down with back-to-back road trips uh, to Gainesville here. In the series, two zero five three four two nine nine zero four is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line on National Dog Day. We're talking dogs. We've given you some dogs. Um, we're going to talk some five stars on our way out of here today. Chris Hummer, regular guest here on the program, does an outstanding job as the National College Football Writer for Twenty Four Seven Sports dot com. Uh, has a really interesting sort of um, aggregate piece he, he's put together. Uh, It's a five-star report from around college football, elite freshmen making noise in fall camp, and uh, the Clemson Tigers with an absolutely loaded class, especially when you look at that defensive line with Brian Brise, Miles Murphy coming in, top 10 recruits for the 2020 cycle, and it sounds Brise is – sounds as if Brise is going to be a real factor very early. DJ Ulegalele, excuse me. Uh, top 10 quarterback recruit, number two in the country behind Bryce Young in this latest class at that position. Obviously, he's not going to start uh, in 2020. I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence in the position, but uh, sounds like DJ is setting himself up as expected to be the successor to Trevor Lawrence. Alabama is also included in this update. Bryce Young at the quarterback position. Some of the things we've talked about with Bryce Young throughout the program today. As we understand it, Bryce Young was not available to this on Monday, so that's something to consider as well. Um, 
also Will Anderson and Drew Sanders as edge defenders included in this update. Been a lot of positive buzz with both those guys. Uh, Will Anderson, both of them, absolutely going to have an opportunity. Talked about this on the Bama Online Podcast with Charlie Potter last night. And sort of the expectations for Will Anderson, what's realistic, what he might be able to do. Drew Sanders in that mix as well. Uh, and it's really unlike most years that we've seen at Alabama under Nick Saban at that position, at outside linebacker. Alabama's always had another train coming, no matter who's left. That isn't really the case this time around. You know, there have been years where Alabama's lost a, you know, an Anthony Jennings or a Terrell Lewis. There have been many years where they've lost both those guys like they did following the 2019 campaign. And so the opportunity is absolutely there for Will Anderson, Andrew Sanders, those four guys that Alabama brought in. Again, I wouldn't overlook King Wakuda, some of these veterans. It's really ironic because I think for the veterans that are finally going to get an opportunity at the position like Ben Davis and Chris Allen, if they do their job on early downs, which is you get the sense where they're going to probably be most involved if they do their job on first down and help put offenses in second and third and long, the beneficiaries of all that could be the youngins like Will Anderson. Come on in third and long and get to make the hero plays as pass rushers. Kind of way it works sometimes, I guess. Hey, it's been a lot of fun on this Wednesday. Talking dogs. Talking potential road trips in a season in which you're going to have very limited capacities around college football. Joe Gaither and crew always doing an outstanding job producing the program. The lunch whistle today, Southern Ale House. That's where I'm headed. And I'm going to tell you why, because I need that chopped wedge salad today with that grilled chicken on top. Those homemade biscuit croutons, uh, thick chopped crispy cut bacon on there, real bacon bits. And the best thing about the chopped wedge is that It's so much easier to eat. Look, nothing looks better on the plate than the traditional wedge salad, right? It looks so good there, that big chunk of iceberg lettuce. And then you got to go to work on it, though, you know, to make it edible. And when I do that, I look like Bugs Bunny got loose in a lettuce patch or something by the time I'm trying to get that thing right. I don't have to mess with any of that. Southern Ale House takes all the work out of the wedge salad, if that makes any sense. There you go. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard. North until 11 a.m. on Thursday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Thank you for.